This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for unction. Thank you for your mighty presence here. Open our eyes to see, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Are you so glad to be in church tonight? Put your hands together. Hallelujah. You know, last Wednesday we started asking questions or trying to answer questions. And I feel like I should go that same way tonight. Okay? There were many questions we could not take last Wednesday. How many of you were here? You remember? All right. So what I'm going to say today is that if you, or tonight, ask your question on time. In almost every question and answer time I've been to in my life, at the beginning, very few people, you have to, people, please ask questions. Then when it's getting to an end, all the hands will go up. Why are we like that? <laughs> Even I attended a minister's conference, the same thing. So tonight, if I couldn't take your question last week, um, from any aspect of the Bible or life, <laughs> we'll try to do so this evening. In our times, I will have something to share, but I will just feel in my heart that people have questions that uh, they want to ask. So... There's going to be an opportunity for that this evening. Thank you, choir. God bless you. Why are you sweating like this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Party to the protocol. So I need to give mics to people. Amen. All right. Sunday was fantastic, right? And Sunday night, we had a timer with the choir. We did exactly what we said we were going to do. So we went to... What they call that place now? Zen Garden GRA. For a wonderful Chinese rest- Chinese uh, delicacy. Very wonderful. Hallelujah. So which unit next? <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright. I will say tonight. You can have your seat. God bless you. Thank you. Welcome to church. So if you have a question, you can raise your hand. And if you don't want to raise your hand, you can ask the ushers to give you a biro and a paper. And you write down the question. They will project it on the screen. If you don't want us to know it's from you, don't bother to put your name. Just put down the question. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They that know their God shall be strong. Not they that know Him by knowledge, but by experience. There is an experience that you have with God that never leaves you the same. When people move back, when people backslide, so they speak, when people get angry, when people say they are confused, there is a level of encounter you have with God. Even when you don't understand what is going on, going back is not an option. When Peter wanted to describe it, which would be the experience of every Christian? He said that which we have seen, we've seen it with our eyes, we've heard it with our heads, we have touched with it with our hands of the word of life. In other words, this experience is so real. So real. At times, 
The reason why a partner will not do something wrong in marriage is not because the tendency is not there. There is something called the fear of God. And it is absent in many lives nowadays. Honestly speaking, you know, I've always said this, that forever I'm grateful that I was raised and trained by Scripture Union. I do not know how to get angry and go and sleep and not reconcile with anybody. A part of me begins to think that supposing rapture happens this night. I was raised that way. The first time I saw somebody picking up a fire with an usher in the church. And I let people do that now. And then you begin to wonder, what exactly do they believe? Amen. Someone wants to prove a point to someone else. Even in the church. When I got to the rest of the and I started seeing those tendencies, because in my secondary school to a scripture you know, uh, fellowship, and some things were forbidden. And then when I go to a larger society in Vesto Ibadan, I notice things that Christians will do. And they'll be like, what exactly do they believe? I cannot tell Anosha, stop telling me that nonsense, I'm going to sit here. In my mind, I serve the Lord who sees, he's not blind. So five minutes after that, I'm not kilos kahindro kush tatu. Will you shut up your mouth? It's those things. What helps? If you are married to somebody that has no fear of God, you are in trouble. The person will lie. Do you know there are Christians who lie? Hope you know. And they just feel it's part of life. You know, you don't know. And then they, you wonder where is their philosophy coming from? It's Jesus truly the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> one guy did something, and then he became an issue between himself and his wife. And then his wife said she was going to talk to me. And the guy began to say that, I know some of them that called themselves, I do know what they are doing behind the scene. So I said, Tell that stupid fellow. <laughs> well, I didn't call him stupid. I said, Why do I was talking to him? I said, Tell him, there's nothing I'm doing behind the scene. It's enough that he's maltreating you. Instead of him to repent, he's trying to say that others do the same thing. What a hardened heart. Number one, whether a pastor misbehaves or not, it's not a reason for you to misbehave. Because we shall all stand as individuals before God. But number two, I am not misbehaving. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, <laughs> you understand? He said, you don't know. And I told you, I said, tell him, I am not doing that. So let him keep his mouth shut and repent of his sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? A time comes, the fruit of the Spirit, they manifest so much in the body of Christ that our testimony will be strong again in this world. Right now, the testimony of the body of Christ is very weak. Believers cheat like every other person in offices. We also break up with people. It is lack of integrity to ask someone out and after I come back and break it. 
or you start a fight. And you know, many people don't tell the real reason. You see, even if you are wrong and you are honest, God will honor your honesty. I think your punishment will be small. You know what? Kemi, I, uh, when I asked you out, I did not know that there will be Folake. Now I have seen Folake, she's bright and shining. I want to walk away. Instead of people to be honest, they will look for a fight. Why are you breaking up with her? She didn't greet my mom very well. See, beyond your sin, you are having another sin to sin. Why don't you be very honest and say the very reason? Oh, you are ashamed of your reason. That means you are doing something wrong. Well, you know, that's what people do. They look for reason. But you know inside your other, that is not the real reason. You have found someone else. Ladies, don't do it. You want to break up with the guy because you found someone else. So from that, you become like Lucifer, looking for offenses. You are praying you should make a mistake so that you can stand on that as an excuse to call it quit. The Lord is looking at you in 4D. <laughs> you see, you will break up and convince every other person that she's like this, she's like this. What will happen is this. Some statements in the Bible were made by prophets. Some statements were made by priests. Some statements were made by men. Elihu spoke in the Bible. Cain spoke in the Bible. Even the serpent spoke in the Bible. But some statement came directly from the lips of Jehovah. Don't joke with such statements. One of them, when Noah came out of the earth in Genesis chapter 8, God said, why the earth remains? Seed, time, and harvest will never cease. It was not under the dispersion of the law. It was not when the law, it was before the law. It's an eternal principle that reigns forever. Why the earth remains? He said, seed, time, and harvest. Summer and winter. Anytime there is still summer and winter in heaven, seed and harvest will never cease. It's true. So whatsoever we do to people, as a matter of fact, when John came with his revelation, New Testament, he said that how you will, we will know the love you have for God is to see how you treat men that you can see. If you cannot love men that you can see, don't claim that you love God that you cannot see. In other words, your relationship with God is defined by your relationship with men. Are you getting what I'm saying? As we progress on Sunday, we'll talk more. Maybe on Sunday, I started with men. I might move to women. Then we we'll begin talking about family. There's something I'm going to explain. Why do couples fight? And it's going to be very deep. See, there is something that is called your hidden side. And there's what is called your blind side. These are the two places where problems come from. Your blind side is the bad thing about you that you don't see and every other person can. So people who know you enough, they will know. If you are very humble and listen to what people are saying, you will correct it. If you don't, yeah. So when people are married and the husband is telling the wife, the wife is telling the that you are, you are temperamental. You see, you, it can be from something minor to something major. And you don't like it. The hidden parts will know it, but that one you conceal it. You conceal it to play along in the relationship. And we are going to talk about all these things. And in marriage, the other person will be, after a while, the person is going to know everything. Now you are left. Are you, see, if you are very greedy, for instance, you are very selfish, marriage will expose it. There's no way you live with your partner. After a while, partner is going to know that you are very, very, that it's all about you. And the, the bad thing about this is that when somebody confronts you, 
in your bl- when somebody touches your blind side, you are likely to get very angry and get defensive. And once you are defensive, you can never be free. Look at the way people are looking at me. Some are already feeling guilty, right? <laughs> are you with me? So this is why people... <laughs> part of marriage is God sending somebody to help you make adjustments. The other person will be like your mirror at times. And you don't want to hear what the mirror is telling you. You can't see the back of your head. We are the ones that can tell you how the back of your head looks like. <laughs> so your spouse. And if people... Once this thing, people get so angry. But it might be good for you to marry somebody who can help you. Amen. Anyway, let's stop here for now. So, any question? But remember, they that know their God, there is a revelation, there is a knowledge, there is an experience that changes your life. You should seek for such. There is a way that the Word of God goes so much inside you that it changes your DNA changes your taste and your preferences. It is true. When this hasn't happened, you do more of the world than more of the church. If I say this for instance, there are many, probably over 50% of ladies in the body of Christ, are still trying to conduct your fashion like the people of the world. It's always good to look good, to look wonderful. But when you begin to come to the aspect of wanting to expose your body, something else is wrong, something is wrong. And when churches talk about people get angry. See, people honor men, but they don't honor God. All the celebrities, they call them, dress very well for the prince, for the prince uh, and the ladies' wedding. Because in Church of England, it was a royal wedding. And there was a dress code. People comply. When they give them dress code in church, they get angry. And they say this. Then they start preaching, quoting scriptures on liberty. But in the party of men, they all complied. Including all the ones in Hollywood, in Hollywood, in America, they came and they complied. For the first time, they all dressed well. So I said, yeah, what about the king of kings? I, you know, we don't give dress code in each other. We don't talk about We don't give. But I just, like, if you are a believer, you should know that your, temp, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are two principles. We can learn something from the shadow, which is the Old Testament. The Bible was talking about priests. I remember, he has made us kings and priests. Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. We are kings and priests. And there is a dress code God gave to priests then in the Bible. He said it must be for glory and for beauty. He told Moses repeatedly, he never put beauty before glory. God doesn't make mistakes and there are no meaningless details in the Bible. So God said to Moses that when Aaron and his children will dress, let them dress for glory and beauty. So God wants us to look beautiful, but glory comes. In other words, every Christian you ask a question when you are dressed, does it glorify God before you say, is it beautiful? Two questions you must always ask about your dressing. Does it glorify God and is it beautiful? If it glorifies God and it's not beautiful, it can't even happen. If it's not beautiful, it can't glorify God. But it can be beautiful and not glorify God. So you should ask, does this glorify God and then is it beautiful? Am I looking beautiful? Those two questions must be combined when a Christian wants to dress. Let me take your questions. Do you get what I've just said now? Alright. I was told the traffic in town today has been beyond <laughs> so many people are still trapped there. It is well with our nation. And then with the all this uh, IGP coming, coupled with rain. And I think the president is coming tomorrow. Ah. Uh, 
Okay. If you can walk from your home tomorrow, please do. <laughs> All right. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I have two questions. Sir, if a man... Hello, if a man gives me a million naira to invest... Sorry, why is it breaking sound? Can you change the mic off? Yes, sir. Thank if a man gives me a million naira to invest and I don't know and he tells me he's going to come back next year for the money and the profit and I don't know what to invest with the money and I take the money and put it in the bank then the next year he comes I take his one million naira give it to him why does he have the right to call me a wicked servant that's in the parables of a talent that's one then two um, the bible says God loves a cheerful giver how do we juxtapose this with um, Psalms 126 verse 5? The man that goes, he that sows in tears shall reap with joy. The man that goes with weeping shall come back with his sheaves. How do we juxtapose this? Thank uh, very you, simple. Let me start with the second one. There are levels of seed. There are givings that you give you are happy. There are givings that you give that you are sad. If you are not been sad giving before, you have not given. There are some seed that you sow that you stand like this, say, God, ah, me. <laughs> On your way home, you're angry. That's the meaning of they that sow in tears. Abraham was not smiling when he was going to give Isaac. But there is a cheerful giving. So, generally, when we give, we are supposed to with joy. Every form of giving, actually. But believe me sincerely, there are things God will ask you to give. You will not smile. At least not at that moment. <laughs> you must smile later. A lot of people are smiling. They understand what I'm saying. It has happened to many people. When God wants to break you and take you to another level, there are things we ask you to give. That you, you might mourn for three days. <laughs> and that is the kind of seed that changes your life forever. It happens at times. So, <laughs> Amen. I mean, but the, the other side, if you, have, if you have trained yourself very well, even in this what I mentioned, whatever God says, initially you might not be able to smile. But the time comes that there's nothing God tells you to give that you will not smile. Why? He has broken you over and over again. You are used to it. You just know that the harvest will always come. So it happens like that. So that is uh, the difference. Okay? So... The, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. We are supposed to give cheerfully and joyfully. But at certain times, God tells you to make something and it can be very painful. Now concerning the first one, that must have been from Matthew 25, the parable of the, of the talents. Number one, anything that we are given by God is to bless humanity. Why God will get angry is that a hidden talent, imagine, after he called, let's say, Pastor Adeboe, and then after a year, decided to go back to lecturing job and he said, I'm not going to do it. There won't be redeemers we see it today. Think of how many non-Christians who are now Christians in redeem. Think of the, I think they say it's the fastest growing church in the world now. Think of millions who are members. Think of the ones who were never Christians until now. Think of what would have happened to them. Even think of the life of Isaac and every other person, what would have happened. It shows that when a talent is buried, 
you are doing not only God injustice, you are doing humanity a serious harm. That is why God will get angry. The Lord is the most astute businessman of all, if you want to use that word. Actually, if you want to use the word businessman, he doesn't joke with anything he gives. Because whatever he gives, he's supposed to yield dividends. And his own dividends are not in Naira and Cobra, it's in lives of people. That is why it's going to be very, very... One day, Kenneth Ege was preaching in a church, and the power of God descended, and he made altar call, and people rushed to the altar. And he asked the pastor, oh, yeah, where are the names of people, who is writing their name, and nobody, no pen, no paper. I think he was supposed to go three more days in that meeting, cancel the meeting down, and I said, you don't value souls. God will never send another one here. It is true. So all this meeting, first time, as meeting, it's not a ceremony. It's because God is very serious about whatsoever he gives. Every gift from God is almost the category of a new child being born. When God gives a family a baby, imagine the family dropping a baby and saying, well, look out time yourself. You understand? So talents are not, especially when it comes to the gift of the Spirit. God is not joking. Look, I, I don't want to. You know, the, the story I told one time of this uh, Ghanaian, I couldn't even finish the message because it was so traumatic, so, so emotional. When this Ghanaian preacher, that the mom was, was uh, I mean, the, all the siblings died in one day. They were injured. They died. Just him and the mom left. She lost. She had the mom had two medical doctors, three engineers or so, and they all died in one day. Siblings, the mom siblings in one day. And the mom lost everything. Lost her mind. Regained her mind. Ended up doing housemaid. And where she was doing, everybody she ever worked with, worked for with, always end up raping her. And it was about three or four. Then most of those rapes, they, 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 most of those uh, rape cases happened right before his eyes. In fact, there were times that there would be more than one man on the woman and she would receive some tears. She would now call him to help her to be sewing and say, imagine that kind of... The day was saying, it was in a white church. Almost of them couldn't take it. It was something terrible. Of course, his life became very... As we end up in garage and at the end of the day, God helped him. Somebody's sponsor went to a, a, a burning house. And then the battles continued in the school. He was almost dying in one room in the school there. And there was this very wealthy businesswoman in town that God spoke to. She never had a child of her own. But God said, I'm going to give you a child, but not from your womb. By the time the woman who raised him, who sent him to university abroad and everything, the woman was dying one day. So he had become an evangelist and he had high level of gift of the Spirit. So he came back to pray for her. And the woman said, no, don't. Jesus has shown me that my time is. So he said, I can see my crown. He said, I was only sent to this world to pick you. He said, the Lord told me, I have passed my exam. I wasn't meant to give back to a child. I was meant to raise you. I did the right thing. God helped me. I located you. I raised you. You are going to preach and reach out to the ends of the earth. But my batting hands here. And she died. You know, in the school of faith at times, we try to explain everything. Some things are deep. Do you know like, like possible, possible, people will never marry. So all the teaching about marriage that we do does not apply to them. It can be painful. Sincerely, even me, I don't want that kind of journey. But I do know, I get what I'm saying. These are deep things that we don't want to go into. To say that every Christian will give back to a child. No. And not all of them are being delayed by Satan. 
Some things are very deep. We just hang it there. This is why the Bible teaches that come what may, just serve the Lord. Alright? So now, imagine the woman missing that boy. I have discovered that anything God gives you is like a chain. It's connected to several other things. When you blow it, it will affect so many people. So that is why he doesn't joke with his talents. You know, one day I thought about it. You know, Moses said that he was called when he was 40. And he decided to do it his own way and he backfired seriously. And then he went to Egypt for 40 more years. Do you know that in those 40 years, when he was in media, and he was trying to get it right, 40 years, do you know some slaves died who were not supposed to die in slavery? Say so somebody was 80, he could have witnessed redemption. 40 more years would be 120. So if he died at 90, he died not because God wanted him to die as a slave. He died as a slave because the man God was waiting for was delaying the offering. The question between, before some of us here today is that, is there something God is asking you to do that you are delaying? Ask people that are very close to me. If God tells me to call somebody or he tells me to give, I want to do it immediately. I can wake up 1 a.m. and do a transfer because I don't know what delay. When he told Abraham, Abraham woke up early in the morning. That is the attitude of those who want to follow God. They don't delay because you don't know. Yes. Your 40,000 might be something that will convince somebody forever that God answers prayer. He just got born again. He has been saying that, Lord, if you are real, I have been thrown out of my house. I just need 40K. And God tells you, send. And this guy is waiting. He begins to pray. And you are watching premiership. And they are beating your team. And you are still watching. And after that, you go and see your friend. Inside your house, I will just do it. And then like that. And the guy gets to a point. The pain is so much. And he says, I bet this is 2015. Lord, can't you just give me 40k? Now it's too late. And then you are just sending. I'm conscious of the day. When I read testimony, there are things I read from it. I, I like looking at the other side of it. John G. Lake was going to Africa. They needed maybe an equivalent of 20k more. At that time, he was sent by God to South Africa. You must have a certain amount in your pocket for them to allow you to come into the country. Indeed, everybody stood on the queue by faith. When it was about, some of you have read before, when it was about to get to his turn, a woman just came and he said, I'm looking for an Afric- a, a white man with a family. He said, the Lord told me yesterday to bring this money to give you. He just gave them the money and the immigration books and he said, this is the amount and they allowed them in. Look at what that man did in South Africa. I, I, this will lead me to tell everybody, everybody listen to me. There is nothing you contribute in the kingdom of God that is small. Never look down on the role you play. So you know what? Play your role. However small. When we get to everywhere, we are going to see how things fuse together. Is it that to arrive earlier and help them arrange chair? It might not sound like something very powerful. Whatever role. Whatever role. When you are coming to church on Sunday, do you know what that cousin will become? If you can only come with him and he hears the word of God. And I can tell you stories upon stories of men that we call great now that somebody just gave them an opportunity. 
to obey, to come into Christ. Dr. Bailey was talking to me one day. The consultant that owned the hospital was telling me for two of them, two partners, they are both consultants. One of them said, What's a Muslim? A boy dropped a track inside Danfo as a young guy. He picked up the track, he was reading, and he got born again right there. He's a consultant now, he's an elder in the church, a track. I will never forget these things. When I think about them, they, 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 they shake me. I will never forget. I think it was a regional's book. One of the days when he was praying, there was a vision the Lord showed him of a guy who a dog was trying to bite him and he was trying his best not to kick the dog or end up kicking the dog and pull the dog away, kick the dog away. And Jesus showed him an evangelist who was preaching and he never got offended and loved people. And Jesus asked him that which one of them had more love inside him. I said, of course, it's easy to say the evangelist. I said, I said no. So I'm going to tell you about that guy that you saw in that vision. He said, it's a real guy. And Jesus went on and on. No home, no father, no mother. He was born deaf and dumb. He grew up on the streets. He said his whole life was full of bitterness. He said, so the amount of love it took him not to even kill the dog. You understand what I'm saying? For him to gently kick that dog, normally with what he's been through in life, he would have killed the dog. He said it took him so much force to restrain himself. You know, there's a way life will show you bitterness that will become so bitter. He said the guy had every reason to live as a bitter person. He said, but he managed to show a little love that was not anywhere. It's like asking a man who has no money to give one million. And Jesus said, what he did that time, he operated beyond his level. For there was no love in him. So if, I think God said, inquisitive and asked the Lord, so what was the end of his life? And the Lord said that all angels in heaven begged me to take him home. That he was not fit for this world. People are all this kind of thing, they happen in heaven. They are the ones that Hebrews say, of whom the world is not worthy. He said, I too wanted to call him home. So Jonah kept listening. Jesus said that I, when I saw him, I had to arrange for his salvation. He said, I sent a track to him. He could not uh, speak, he could not hear, but he managed to pick up this. He saw the picture of Jesus, saw it, and just believed in his heart and got born again. After that, he was called home. And I think Jesus showed the man, the guy in heaven. Now, when Jesus said that I sent track to him, you would think that Jesus spoke to somebody physically. Oh yeah, go and give him track. No. Somebody was just passing and just dropping track. How many times have you gone out that you think you just went out casually, but you were sent on a divine mission? I get what I'm saying. One day I will preach about this, about extraordinary events of the Bible that appear like ordinary events, but they created mighty ripples at the end of the day. Extraordinary events. This is why what believers should that whatever the Lord tells us, you do it with the whole of your heart. You just don't know the meaning of what you are doing. Hallelujah. Next. What do you think about a child going through a recruiting agency to employ executive assistant for the pastor? What happened to members of the church? Uh, you know, I don't talk about other churches. Every church is free to adopt, but if it's my own opinion, I don't believe in such things. 
You see, too much of secular mentality in the church will kill the spirit of God in the church. Church is not like NGO. Church is the body of the living Christ. Leadership in the church is by the spirit. Not by people sitting and interviewing people and coming up. It's okay to interview. But we must pray and carefully select men. It is not a carnal... Let me just stop there. I want to tell you something. Which you need to know. I strongly believe between now and 2023-24 so many more judgments will come into the body of Christ. And the real people will be separated from the unreal people. Right now the body has reached a place where discernment is zero. Whether in America or in Nigeria if you can do the supernatural and give so much out and portray yourself as a humble person publicly, they will call you a man of God. But fire will separate every man and the truth will come out. So, there are many things besitting the body of Christ right now. One of them is what this question just made. I've seen all kinds of marketing principles in the church and this is the reason why there is sharp competition among churches. They've turned into marketing, to business. And you run the church like business. When you do that, the first hour, the Holy Spirit will be absent. I'll be looking at you from afar. We have to go by what the apostles did. When they went to Selemen, they prayed. Acts chapter 2. Again, Acts chapter 13, they prayed and lay hands. For leadership. Maybe you can, even if it's a position like security or whatever, I can even understand if it's about accountants. But in Acts of Apostles, in Acts chapter 6, even to choose people to be in charge of welfare, they asked for two things. Men filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Stephen, that did those mighty things, was just a table server. The first church and the original church. But now I hear people doing, I mean, for a pastor. So he comes to Anita. So the one that impresses you most is the pastor. Ah, you will choose King Saul instead of David. You will choose Adonijah instead of Solomon. So let's stop there. Understand I've seen a lot of that many times. Some books when I them, I just close them and return them back. Yeah. I learned there are pastors who reported loss of power and they operate by that principle. The book is good for you if you're a mafia. I've read it. If you're a mafia, it's good for you. The guy is very, very deep. But negatively, most times. Part of it is that if you're a leader, you do something, or you make someone else pay for it. Put the whole blame on somebody. And how can a pastor do that? No wonder there are many people truly, when they do something wrong, so you rape a girl, do something wrong, you lie, use power to blackmail even the person, as the person that, um, yeah. Are you with me? So, these are the things that we see. How can a heart that feels empty be brought back, sir? Sorry, I you are distorting what you said. 
You are putting the last question on the next one. Please separate them. Any question why would they do that in the audience, please? Okay, give the mic to him. Media, don't do this today. Yeah. Good evening, church. Good evening. Thank you for your teaching, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I want to ask that at what point should a man leave his father's house? Some of the opinion that it doesn't have to be um, the physical living, like living, packing your things out of your father's house. It has to be a cleaning of the mind. So I want clarity on that. Thank you. Okay. Whatever is on your mind should also be your body. <laughs> For this cause, uh, you know, personally, I do not always encourage a guy to marry a woman and bring her to your father's house. Um, many times, it doesn't mean there will not be exception, but many times, you, the two of you will not enjoy it. Unnecessary issues will start happening. So it is better that a man that wants to marry, even if it's a room, room content, you can step out and start your new family. So, at what time should a man, wherever he feels he's ready to face life, especially when you feel you are ready to take a woman with you, please don't take her to your father's house. Even when Abraham was living with Isaac, Isaac had his own tent, even in those days. That was how they brought Rebecca to. It's very important. Otherwise, so many things will happen. That is when you will now say your wife is rude to your mom or something will happen. So, distance ordinarily will solve some problems in marriage. Do you know if you are in UK and your parents are here and everything, your fight will be very bad. Except you are talking there day and night. Talk for six hours on the phone. Give it to you. Where are you talk? And then you just... I don't know why people do all those things. So, it's the duty of a man. And we are going to get there and to protect your wife. Protect your mom also. When there is a conflict, you are the one to be blamed. You should be in between the two and be sure that they don't clash. It's okay for your wife to clash with you. It's okay for your mom to clash with you. But they must not clash together. It is very important. Let your wife believe the best of, about your mom. Let your mom believe the best about your wife. And it's your job to be at the center and do that. Amen. That's very important. How can a heart that feels empty be brought back, sir. Oh, oh, I've answered your question. You leave when you, there's no particular time. However, when it comes to starting a family, it's important that you, you start not in your father's house. It's very important. Please, how can a heart that feels empty be brought back, sir? I mean, feeling connection with God through prayers and worship. Interestingly, I didn't know this question will come up today. This evening, I was praying and something just dropped my spirit. I one day teach on how people can be restored when they are beginning to lose flair, when you are losing interest in God. We appear, we present as if these things don't happen to you. They happen to people. Some people go through a season where they just begin to lose interest in the things of God. You need a friend who will take you back to God. Not in that sense of somebody introducing there is no middleman again anymore. I am somebody that will encourage you because sincerely speaking, no matter what wrong you have done, running away from God is a bigger problem. Bigger than what you have done. But guilt has a way like Adam of causing a man to want to hide. Whereas, the one you will meet, it will not disqualify you. The Lord has sent anyone that journeys towards him, he embraces you, and he used the story of the prodigal son to teach us that. But sometimes, in the nature of man, 
when we have done something wrong, we like to hide from God. If you ever do what you shouldn't do, start praying immediately. That is the only way you can receive me. That's the only way you can receive help. So when somebody is in this situation, uh, one of the things, if himself wants his way back, he should begin to listen to messages. God's word can come like an arrow and destroy whatever stand is trying to build in your heart. I will also suggest that, see, we function also by atmosphere. Begin to plug into atmosphere where there is higher level of anointing. For instance, if you are here, you are not beginning to pray again. Start attending prayer meeting. This one, no devil can bind you from doing it, from waking up in the morning and saying, you know what, I know I've not been praying. I'm going to where they are praying. Maybe if I'm there, something will happen to me. Something will happen to you. Saul was not a prophet. But when he was in the arena where Samuel and the prophets were prophesying, the Spirit of God came upon Saul and he began to prophesy. There is a measure of grace that resides in an atmosphere. That if you join, even though you are not a spiritual man, for that moment you become spiritual. And that moment something can, a surgery can quickly take place in your heart that will change everything. You don't get that. Is that atmosphere also we try to hook up to? When you start playing a message in your car. When you start playing a worship song in your car. If you don't like it, you don't flow, leave it there. After a while, you will. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But get close to... Um, see, we pray on Saturdays. That's the more reason why you should be there. Then I'm going to also tell you, so I said you need somebody. If you can get two or three friends who love to pray, iron sharpens iron. It will help you. It will help you. Get friends that you can talk to on phone. Even if it's on phone and you begin to pray. Once they start, then we... So when the car stops moving, if you can find a car that will tie some of that car and be moving, the car will move. Have you noticed? That's how it works. Hallelujah. How can a man be in charge of his house when it seems that the wife loves her family more than her husband? More so when it appears that the wife doesn't respect the husband because she has the upper hand financially. <laughs> Amen. First, we would like to hear from your wife first to know whether that information is fully correct. But let's say this scenario is happening. Um, number one, it's possible for your wife to be richer than you. If your wife is richer than you, are you ready to appreciate, to love her for what she's doing? I don't know the problem with most African men. Over 80% of African men, once the wife seems to have up hand financially, they begin to get aggressive. Do you know, if I show you my phone, to know how many, in the last six months, actually the last three months, the number of people abroad who listen to it, they are just multiplied. And almost after every service, they send, now that they send me messages. And it's painful. I have seen this scenario like five, six, seven times when the woman is the one walking and hearing. All the man does to collect it from her, share it with his family, and if she dare say that, ah, dear, he gets angry. I will say this over and over again in many situations. I believe if your wife is any more than you, it's about the way 
no woman, no Christian woman wants to start riding you because she hears more. It's about your relationship with her. For men, I'm going to say this. When we start, you know, remember, before we got married, I've been working in bank for years before we got married. I can't remember ever asking my wife once for a salary. The most important thing a man should do, set your goal. Trust God for your goal. If you plan as you move gradually, you should not be concerned about how much she has. If you do that correctly, she will always want to be part of everything you are doing. Till today, I don't know how much. The day she came to break the news to me some years back that they've now made her a manager, I did not ask for so how much comes with that and everything. Till today, she checks my account balance every now and then. I have never seen Abigail's account balance once in my life. In 30 years of my life. Not once. I've never seen her account balance. When we got married, I... I left to come and pastor a church. I came from my from Kaduna. So at that moment, I wasn't working. I had no income. Yes, she had bought a car for herself and everything. I never put my eyes into her money. I get to what I'm saying. <laughs> the first week or the first two, three months of our wedding wasn't too good. She lost a friend. But beyond that, there was a guy who was on my neck like this, asking for his money. So honeymoon wasn't sweet at all. Because I was owing somebody for two months. I was in the house. It's not everything that looks like hell from God. I've learned some vital lessons in life. So I tell you certain things. I was in my house, JJ. Pastor Joshua Lodeh, they were saying we, we were about 10 or 11 in the house. Oh, they will remember the story. I don't remember, but they will remember the story. The guys were in the house, as usual, I know, wake up, we eat, in me. First year of the church, I was a bachelor. Second year. So I was staying in Oregu, a ghetto area, real ghetto. Anytime from there, just see boys taking my journal free of charge on the road like this. And I said, a man can't bring a wife into this place. So the following morning, we were all gisting, about four people were with me. Some of them, Kelechi, Kelechi is a doctor, he will go to office, come back, and it's, it's about now. I just took a walk outside. So, my street ended somewhere. There was a massive gate into an estate. But because my street was a ghetto, so they, they were always locking the gate permanently. So I just came that day, and for some reason, the pedestrian gate was open. So I stepped in. Two houses into the street, I saw a beautiful flat, three bedroom flat. And I saw an agent showing one man, a doctor, the house. So I said, Is he empty? He said, Yes. He said, But this doctor is about to take. But anyway, he has not paid. So first come, first start. So can I see it? Or say, and he showed me. So I got home and I told my friends at home. Can you imagine that? Just about three minutes walk from her. So it'll be wonderful together. We won't need to move. I just said that. I said, but the guy is asking for 550000 per year. And they said it must be two years. I told the story of my landlady before, but that's another day. I said, okay. Um, I had about, that was like three weeks to my wedding. I had about, I don't know, maybe 800 k or so would be. So I, I just said, this guy just came. When you are together, it was a year or two, my senior and you are. He came with somebody to the house and we we're all gisting. And he heard about it. And he said, ah, There's this money in dollars with me. And I want to do a business. I paid some foreigner. They returned it back. So I should wait for like six months before the business. I said, So can I give it to you and you pay me back? I said, No problem. So I collected it from him. I asked him, When? 
He said, six months. I said, Pastor Lai, you know, I was a master in your eyes. Ah, it's you. Now, don't worry. Ah, may you not collect something for <laughs> So I, as soon as we did the wedding, two weeks after, he just called. That there, so the money was about 350. He said there was an emergency and that I would need the money. He started on a low key. He just started calling every day. A pastor, he, now, he will now say that, well, pastor, you know I need this money. I went on. I didn't bring guy into it. She knew about it, but I did not. I saw Pastor Femi, who has been there for a prophet, a friend of mine, was just talking. Ah. It was later I realized that I collected money from the wrong guests of all. So I saw another friend. They were in the same fellowship on campus. So people can be a Christian and still worship money. That one just said, Ah, you should have asked people like us. He said, Now, fellowship on campus. He would just come and say that this mic is faulty. I have a friend in Alaba. He will give you a new mic. You can pay instrumentally for six months. He said, The day you tear that mic, he's going to call you in the night and tell you that, that something happened to that guy's shop. In the guy, I said, in there is money right now, right now. He will say that, sorry, he needs money right now, right now. He said it the first time. Then he said, amplifier. He told her that this one is my friend. You will pay over one year. He said, the, two weeks after, he said that he needed the full money for the amplifier. And so one day, he brought a bass guitar. The old friend said that, sorry, we don't want. It's everybody together. If our guitar will catch fire, let it catch fire. Then the pastor, to, that was, the guy was their pastor. He said, I see if he did not learn. He married earlier than me. He said himself and his wife just got married. They sat in their house. JJ, he came. And he asked them they wanted to do an uh, uh, international passport. They said, well. And I got with them. We, and he started telling them that he could do it for them. Blah, blah, blah. And he said, he said, is it money? Don't worry about money. That any time you have money, you pay. He said, they actually felt he must have changed. And that we are no more students. So they said, no problem. He said, the day he brought the pastor to them like this and gave them, the following day he called to say that something happened, they were to pay. Now, passport was 15K then. He collected 25 from each one of them. He said, if you had told, he said, pastor, I would have told you straight away. That after one week, he would start calling you. So I, God helped me, I was able to pay. Now, I think I gave him 350. That was the, he gave me the money that I, co- I converted to 350 and I gave him 350. A week after I gave the money, he called me to say that dollar rate has changed a little. So I must give an additional, fi- I am standing before God, additional 5,000. And he came to my home and collected that 5,000. 5,000. And I gave it. <laughs> I don't even know where the guy is now. But something to bring out, I'm just saying that. Um, in all that, I was praying and trying to set a plan in motion. I did not begin to muzzle her. Oh, yeah, bring your salary. Maybe her salary would have just paid that money. I wasn't going to do that. A man must be a man with dignity. But I believe if your wife is a good person and she's richer than you, she will help you. Especially when you show love and leadership. When she notices that you are not interested... I don't know how many things we could have paid for that my wife would have paid for without even asking me. So many times. And there's no every project that I want to do that she will not want to be part of. There's no projects. So that's, that's where I believe it should be. Firstly, when we get to all these things, we'll talk about it. It begins with couples praying together, honest commercial between the two of you, genuine love and mutual respect. 
I am not um, lording it over anybody. You can create an account where you are saving together, but I don't believe in all your money coming together. Number one fight all over the world. I've seen that too many times. Somebody want to channel it his own way. And usually, is the man. So, let the woman control her money. There's no way your wife will not part of what you are doing. Look at all the women. There are many good women. There's no way your wife will not part of who wants to part of what you are doing. But just be sure that it does not come from you trying to harass her and tell her this. Now, I don't know whether that's the case of the man asking this way, but I'm just saying that I do believe, I do strongly believe that your wife will not try to lord it over because she earns more. It must be something deeper than that. Which is it? That's the truth. Amen. All right. Evening, sir. What do you think about a husband who discusses his wife outside negatively? Shares his business ideas with female friends outside without involving me. And also has a best friend as a female. That is totally wrong. Marriage separates you from, if you are a married man, you are a married man. You can't be too close to a single lady. And then nobody should be able to, there should not be, if it's a male friend, even though your friend is not part of you, it's your friend. The one that you are one flesh with is your wife. But I understand you might want to discuss that just at the level of a friend, you have a friend, if it's a male friend, fine. But a female friend, no, unacceptable. You cannot have a female friend that you share more with than your wife. You cannot have a female friend that you talk more deeply with than your wife. As a matter of fact, you should not discuss your wife with any other person. Except somebody is an authority figure over the two of you that you submit to, then you can talk if there's something. Both of you are free to talk to that person. But you cannot do that. So this is a wrong, it's, it's, it's very wrong. I bet some men, there's nothing, she's just a friend. In some cases, truly, there's nothing. But why are you keeping a friend? What will happen is, I say, there are two types of infidelities. You can do it physically, or you can do it emotionally. There's also what is called emotional cheating. That is when your emotion, your attention in particular, goes to someone else. And if you're a lady and you're a single lady, and a guy is showering attention, even if there's no say, there's nothing, but attention is coming to you, you are causing division. That attention should be for his wife, not you. Let him understand that, sir, thank you for wanting me to be your friend, but please divert this attention back to your wife. If you call me, I will not pick. Your wife should be the one you talk to more. It's very important. Very, very important. Yes. Good evening, Pastor. Yes, sir. Hey, 820. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take one more and then we will close. Questions, well, time will just be jumping without you knowing. Yes, sir. Okay, um, when a man works for a company, I believe you also share the values of that company. Yeah, so you go in line with the mission of that company. So, what do you think about a Christian working in a cigarette company? That's my first question. Okay. My second question is this. And my elder sister calls, called me last week and was like, my nephew just goes around the house speaking in tongues. He's, he's a five years old boy. And she has been worried for some time that this guy was just speaking in tongues up and down. And what happened was they were having devotion and they asked him to me pray. And while he was praying, he just busted into tongues. That's a good news. And since then, <laughs> she has been worried that on the streets, 
he will just be speaking in tongues and <laughs> but does he God. concentrate on his academics and yes, he yes. separates the two yes. not periodically just like praying for a long this just time. happened recently and they should yeah. let him pray <laughs> and she called me and she was like she doesn't know what to do no, they she has work. asked him okay okay don't don't do it everywhere maybe only when you are praying and he called me and was like uncle Chooks, my mom does not want me to be a pastor they can they can guide him so that he doesn't go into excess. Yes, I, they can guide him, but they should let him pray. Telling him not to pray outside, I understand. They can tell him that look, uh, the spirit of a prophet is subject to when you are on the street, you're on the street, so that people will not think of something else. So I understand. They should guide him, but they should not discourage him from praying in tongues. But they should guide him. He needs to be guided. If he's too free and wild, he will actually misuse the gifts. So it needs people to guide him. So you also join them in guiding him. There are places we pray loud. There are places we don't pray loud. So it don't appear like a fanatic. So it's good to tell him all those things. Alright? Now the first one. Christian walking in cigarettes. It has been a debate since in the body of Christ. Like those who are walking in Guinness. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. One of our dear sisters in the early days of the church was working in Niger, uh, Nigerian Beauty, so she now wanted to give. We're just about 15 in church then. So she wanted to give some money to the church. So I just, I wasn't minded, so I stopped by in our office. We're both colleagues in you. I stopped by to greet her. She now said that, hey. So I now mentioned that ah, you are working where they are producing a call. So I said, we both laughed. She now remembers what she was. So he brought out her name and said, Pastor, I even want to give this to the church. So we both started laughing. I said, Now you want to connect me to your sin or, or, or what? Well, let, let, let's put it this way. Honestly, I won't give a direct answer on that one. It has to be about your conscience. The Bible says nothing about cigarettes. Bible's, Bible says nothing about cigarettes. Tobacco smoking can destroy your heart. Sugar consumption can also. But we all take sugar. And many of you do in excess. That's why I said that whatever becomes a debate that is not rooted in the word of God, I stay away from it. Otherwise, I will give an opinion of a man. So that is what I can say. So if there is a believer in that company and he feels condemned, he should walk away. If there is a believer in that company... As long as it's not the one smoking, I won't say anything about it. Does it look good that it's helping them to produce something that is dangerous? That's another question. Again, somebody might be able to explain it in a better way. But I can't say anything about that. I can't say more. Will I work there as a person? No, I will not. I will not. Remember that when we answer questions, we don't give people our values. We give them the word of God. You understand? That is very important. Because when we stand before Jesus, if you add to the world, you are in trouble. So when I don't know something, I'll just say that, look, I stay here. Personally, there are things I will not like When they ask me about alcohol also, should a Christian, t- can we say any Christian that takes alcohol like this has committed the sin? There's no basis for that in the Bible. All that is in New Testament is about excess, excess, excess. What about if it's not in excess? There's nothing. All I'm going to say is the Bible says, flee from all appearances of evil. When you start small, you will grow in it. But if you take a, a even if, I'm, if I look at you and you take a cup, I say, Pastor, that's all I'm taking. I won't say anything. But what about me? My heart condemns it totally. 
but I cannot transfer my value. You understand? I can only tell you what the word. So where the word of God is silent, I am silent. They've asked me a question about kissing. The Bible forbids sex before marriage. But the Bible says nothing about kissing. In fact, the Bible says, greet one another with only kiss. So, I am quiet. Did I kiss in courtship? No. Thank God I grew up on that scripture, you know. So, I don't force my values on people. I stay with the word of God. The word of God says, no sex before marriage. I can pray that one thing forever. But I know that thing, I am quiet. But all I also know is that if we start kissing, it will become necking. It will become this one and become the ultimate. But can I say anybody, if I see two believers kissing and say they've committed a sin, there's no scriptural basis for that. I will be saying what the Bible does not say by saying that. If I tell you, I say, if you start this way, you end up doing something, then I'm correct. But if I say that, no, that's a sin. There's no basis for that. Oh, somebody with a bottle of alcohol say that's a sin. There's no basis for that. But can I wonder, look, if you start doing this, what will you do? Yes. But as an individual, do I approve alcohol emphatically? No. Did you get that? Amen. But we don't preach ourselves. We preach Jesus Christ and his word. And we must always stay with the word. The last person, another person. No lady has asked a question. Has anyone? Only guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Please, let's take one lady and share the grace. Uh, I just want a female. Okay, there's one over there. Yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening, Church. Please, I need clarity on tithing. So recently, I have a friend that said that he got a message. I mean, he listened to a message that said he can give his tithe to anybody in need, and it wasn't. So I need clarity on that, and also on first fruits. I, I Thank just you want so more. much. Praise the Lord. Anyway, let's start by saying that anybody can teach anything. There are many messages on social media now against tithing. Can I give it to the point and do this. Um, God is always very specific. So, I am earning 100k. Why is it that the 10,000 I'm supposed to give to God is what I want to give to the poor? Let's start with what Jesus said. Render unto God what is God and render unto Caesar what is Caesar. Does that equal to also render unto the poor what is for the poor and render unto God what is for? Emphatically, yes. So, I'm not giving the part of my 90k. It's out of my 10k that I want to give to the poor. No. So, the argument has been more of, it starts in New or Old Testament. Well, it started with Father Abraham, who is called the father of faith. Abraham predated the law. It was before the law. So, Abraham was the first to give time to Melchizedek. He did not give it to the poor. He gave to Melchizedek. Jacob had an encounter with God, who was Abraham's grandson. And he began to pray. He said, Lord, if you keep me, I will give you a tithe of everything. That means it's what the family was practicing. Hebrews 7 spoke briefly about it, and Jesus spoke briefly about it. So, um, those who say, in Old Testament it was now, and it was Israelite, sort of, that you don't give Devorah. Abraham didn't talk about Devorah. He just gave us an act of faith, an act of worship to God. That's what we do also. So, if I am earning 100k, I give God 10. I should be able to give poor 5,000 out of 90. Not go and take that 10 and say, that's what I want to give to the poor. Every kingdom on that, logically, has a system of finance. That's why we pay tax. Tithe is not tax. God doesn't tax anybody. It's an act of fact of worship. I'm just saying that. Every kingdom. So imagine somebody, instead of you 
paying Nepal beef. You tell Nepal that you help them to use that money to repair a falling pole. That, 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 that's uh, because you are. And this question of poor, 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 Jesus warned about it. As they were pouring oil on him, somebody also spoke. Honestly, some things repeat them. And you wonder, don't people see from God's word? Judah said that they, this oil, if they are sold it and give it to the poor, it always sounds very as a good defense against whatever God has laid down when you say the poor. Somebody drives by a very beautiful church. He says that, I don't know what they are building. We are the temple. He said, give it to the poor. I have found that, number one, those who say that don't give anything to the poor. Number two, does it mean because somebody has an expensive car, does that mean it does not give to the poor? Are you saying that? So when I buy something else, it means that there's nothing else left to give to the poor. What about if I have one billion? So I give God a tithe of 100 million. And I give 200 million to the poor. I see how 700 million naira. But this is the pattern of people's talk. Somebody earns 350,000 in the office. So when you give God 35,000, there's nothing left again to give to the poor. Abba. Just look at it logically. And this is what people try to say. Poor, 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 poor. And Jesus, because it sounds like a very, very, let me tell you something. Oh God, I have to end. Satan is very technical and very smart. Go on social media and say that the Bible is not correct. Even those who don't go to church will begin to oppose you. Repackage your idea. Begin now. Maybe you start with, I'm not saying feminism is exactly like that, but start with something like that. And begin talking about women being trampled, and start, and go on for years. Gather huge people on social media. After a while, start saying that men are not supposed to live, we are all equal. They will follow you to it. Then begin to say that, why do men think they are superior to women? Then, after they are following, we are located that, because the Bible said that the husband is the head of the wife, that's incorrect. It will be too late for people to go back at that level. In other words, Many times, when Satan wants to do a real damage in the world, he hides his original intention under a very, very uh, convincing excuse so that he can do... That is what has happened with the idea of tithe everywhere. Even if I heard the pastor, and people started applauding that, you can give your tithe to the poor. You know the poor, the pastor, you, you can... And of course, people like all those who speak on radio started applauding that, I respect that man. And this, this whole thing, No. Believers, study Genesis to Revelation. Giving is an essential part of the Bible. A person met me in this church and said, Pastor, show me from the Bible that I don't believe in tithes. I believe it's Old Testament. I believe a New Testament Christian should give more. I said, well, so percentage is your problem. He said, I do 20%. Well, I said, well, do whatever you like. Fine. However... I follow the principle of fighting, but I also don't give 10%. I don't give 20%. I consider it as an insult. And the more I do those things, the more I'm able to give more to people who have needs. So, that's the way it is. That's all I can say. In the last four weeks or five weeks, I must have given about 850,000 to people that I need. Last four weeks or five weeks. The more you practice kingdom stuff, the richer you become. Get rid of all these things that people... So, I know people are chunking out those information and they are saying it. Two things I've noticed, which I've said it before. The church with the highest number of missionaries in the world is Southern Baptists. 
Baptist is the strongest on tithes in the whole world. And they have the highest number of missionaries across the world. Young boys on social media don't make all this noise. I've been around some of them before. They have nothing to do with what they say. It's just... The truth of the world remains. All of you are titans. You know the benefits of what the Bible says. So, when we read those things, let's just put them on one side. Don't, don't let them bother you. There are teachings coming from... It's not necessary. Let's rise. Is someone blessed? Hallelujah. You know, people have met me before. One day, a businessman told me this, that you've not thought on time before. I said, every Christian not to know. Do we need to waste time teaching about that? He said, I've been in this church for two years. You never came out to teach on time. I said, because I consider it what every believer should know. Every believer should know. Amen. Yeah. Some say what the Bible says is giving. Well, if I convert, if the Bible says giving, yes, and I want to give according to percentage, does that make it wrong? That was question. Billy asked somebody. He said, you believe in giving. That the Bible emphasizes. In fact, the Bible says we should give seriously, but that is Old Testament. Billy said, okay, so if I'm giving and I call it 10%, is that percentage that makes it wrong? Then the guy didn't know what to say again. He said, stop all these things. Just, are there people who have said, if you don't give tithes and that will happen to you? Yes, that is not New Testament message. I do not believe in threatening people and harassing. Next time, the first thing. Talk about hell beyond that. Talk about the water beyond that. The point that we not give, we not give. That's one thing about people. So people already they tell you that they they, 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 they live with the water already. So <laughs> what different what difference does it make? <laughs> so we cannot harass people into giving. But I tell you the truth. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still. All we will trust and obey. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. A guy that used to come on a bike when we were at White House, and some of you, if you have been long enough, you know the person I'm talking about, just stop by. Somebody came into the country and gave him 48 million euros to start a business at Computer Village. And the person traveled back, told him, I know your family, I know your mom, this is how we share the property. He asked me a question. It's not my money. Am I supposed to give it that? Honestly, I said, I don't know. I know of your money, but this one is not your money. He called me back before. He said, Pastor, I don't know why I'm asking. I'm asking out of unbelief. The Lord told me to do so. Honestly, I trembled because I felt this was not his money. And he gave 4.8 million for the children. I will never forget, I was outside the White House to dedicate his first, second, third car. He built eight flats for his mom in Onicha. Eight flats, as a single guy, not married. How deep is this? Because he became a dealer directly from China, from a short store. And those were the things he told me that God told him. He's not looking for... So it's, it's a very deep thing. He was the one that would meet me after saying, Pastor, anybody without strength, I don't want them to know it's me. Please. So I told him, I said, don't give it to me, give it to welfare. Well, if you have, they have a system structure. He paid for many people. Some of the time we announce that if you don't have a house rent, it's not me. It's this guy. And I've seen people like that severally. There are many of them in this church. Who started low-key like that. I just started moving and moving and moving. Because this is true. We choose how much blessing we walk in by the obedience that we follow. It is true. By the time you start saying that, this is the title of this one, I must say, okay, I'll give this one. I won't do that. Now, you ask about false fruits. False fruit is very controversial. But the truth of the matter is that, see, 
everything works by we loving God. So I have just gotten a job. First fruit is supposed to be my first salary. Why should I find it difficult? I am going to do be on that job for three, four, five years if I change my job. Even in one year, I'm going to collect 12 salaries. So giving God the first one, why should it be difficult? Last month, I had no job and I did not die. Two months ago, I had no job and I did not die. Three months ago, if the office will change their mind and ask me to resume in two months' time, will I get salary? Will I die? No. So I, that is my rationale. I give with ease. I have never taught first, first foot in this church before, but I have received questions like that, is it right or wrong? I'm going to say that I believe it's a part of honor. It's what we have to follow. What about if you are earning 150 and they increase your salary to 200? Well, your first fruit can be the 50,000 on it by some definition. Why some believe that it's the first 200? I reckon more with the first one, not the second one. You understand what I'm saying? But I don't sit down to do all this calculation and rest. I just believe that if you are lifted, forget about the name. A grateful soul will think of God first before any other thing. So before I begin to buy clothes because of my new job, I should think about God. What happens when that happens? That God becomes responsible for what I do. Anything financially. That guy I mentioned, there was time he now entered some crisis. Some things crashed. And it was affecting him. The story is deeper, but I don't want to go into the rest of the story. We were having a midweek service like this, and my friend came to minister, and I told my friend, I said, there is somebody you need to pray for. He said, hey. When he walked in, my friend just told him the origin of his problem. And the next thing he told him, he said, they are going to call you in Abuja. And he mentioned the other state, another northern state. He said, within three weeks, the calls will come. He said, don't take Abuja, take the other place. Last time he called me, he told me that he deals directly with the governor of the state in the deals. There is something that makes God to respond quickly when some people are in a situation. But when there is no foundation on which you are standing, there is nothing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If they say they are buying something in church, don't transfer your tithe to that. Tithe is separate. If I earn 100 and I give 10,000, if all I can give to the poor is a 5 or another 10, fine. If they say they are buying something in church, all I can give is 2,000. Yes, give your 2,000. But don't, 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 don't do that. Don't mix them up. Never do that. Never. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hello. We don't want this to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know, um, after listening to God's word like this, and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it's an opportunity to come to him and it's a simple process because he has made all things available. I want to implore you now to give your heart to Christ. And by saying these words, because giving your heart to Christ must be done consciously. He has paid the price. Say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I believe that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you shed your blood for my justification. I accept your finished work right now and I confess that you are the Lord of my life. I believe in you. Thank you, Jesus. If you have said those words, you are actually born again, a new creation in Christ. Join us for more of this. God bless you.